want to bring out an article. Kathy put together several articles under the faith and grace. And in the middle, and on the middle page of your bulletin, if you'd like to look with me, there on the bottom right hand side, you'll see there's an article by Maurice Montgomery. To those who truly believe, writes Maurice, those who have this precious faith, he is precious. Our Lord is so precious. 1 Peter 2, verse 7. This is one way I know, writes Maurice, that God has given me this faith. The faith which I have will not permit me to look to, to trust in, to rest upon, to live upon, or have any hope in anyone but Christ and Christ alone. Unto me, writes Maurice, he is precious. Is he precious to you? If you'd like to read along with me, we'll be reading verses 1 through 10, the whole psalm. And this is the word of the Lord. Psalms 146, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perisheth. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. <coughs> <coughs> The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God. O Zion, unto all generations, praise ye the Lord. We're in the book of Luke, bringing a series of messages if you'd like to turn to the second chapter of Luke, you can open your Bible, set it down in your lap. We're going to camp here for a bit today. Tents, and sleeping bags, lanterns, heaters, because it's going to get cold tonight. We'll just camp out here, right here in Luke chapter 2, if you would. We've done some looking into this book of Luke so far. We began back in December looking at our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus and the birth Unto us a child is born. And we considered the unto us. Who are the unto us? And after going through a couple of messages on our Lord and Savior and His birth, we went on to see the birth and the story of John the Baptist, one of God's messengers. And we spent the last three Sundays considering this messenger of God, John the Baptist. Today I want to look at 
another type of God's people. I've titled, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Look with me, if you would, at the 25th verse of Luke. Luke chapter 2, 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem. Now, I want you to notice something here. There was a man in Jerusalem. He wasn't the only man. But notice how our Lord points out that there's this one. I want, I want to bring your attention. I want you to stop what you're thinking about for a minute and look at this. There's one man that I want to tell you about here. There's one man in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was full of religious people. There were so many gods brought in by the Roman Empire into Jerusalem that they had a whole row of statues and uh, uh, tributes to all the different gods that they had. In fact, all the way down at the very end of the road, there was one that said, to the unknown God. Paul preached about that once. Who's the unknown God? That's for another day. So we see here, behold, consider, if you will, this man who is in Jerusalem, who is throughout all these other people, consider this one man whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just. He was just. And he was devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. What a statement. What a statement. Do you know God could say that very same thing about rescue? There's a woman. There's a man. There's another man. There's a woman. There's a woman. There's some of my people in a place called Rescue in the woods of California where I have a devout, devoted people who are just waiting for the consolation of Israel. Some of us are waiting quite desperately. Some of us are tired Tired of being in this world of corruption. Tired of being in this body of sin. Some of us don't even know how we keep going. Other than the fact that it's not God's will for us to leave yet. What a statement. Here in this world full of religion, God had a man by the name of Simeon who was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. You remember the story of Cornelius? Peter was, uh, he had been sent a vision of God. There was a sheet. And the Lord unrolled the sheet and there was pictures of all these unclean animals on it. You know, Israel was not allowed to eat unclean animals. That was, that was just against all of the ordinance of God. You do not eat the wrong kind of animal. And the Lord wanted to show Peter that, now wait a minute. The truth of the matter is that all things are mine. I've created everything. Don't make what I say is clean, unclean. So he showed Peter this vision. And then Cornelius, he came, the angel of the Lord came to Cornelius and said, Go after this guy who's down here and, uh, on the roof praying. Get him. Bring him back to my house. Bring him back to your house. He's got a message for you. He's got a message for the Roman Cornelius who was not a Jew. But listen to what the Lord says about him. 
In Acts 10, verse 22, we read these words. Cornelius the centurion, a just man. What? He's not even of the promised people of God, and he's a just man? And one that feareth God, and of good report among all the nation of Jews. Scriptures also tell us about another one. His name is John the Baptist. We've read about him much lately. Over in Mark chapter 6, 20, we read these words, For Herod feared John. Herod's wife had told her husband, take the head of John the Baptist, put him on a plate and send it to me. He spoke badly about you. He told you you couldn't have me just because I was your brother's wife. He spoke up against the king, so you need to take his head off. Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man. A just man before God. And a an holy man. I understand John the Baptist and the Simeon but the Lord declares this about Lot. You remember Lot? Remember the story of Lot? Remember who he is? When God gave him, actually God gave it to him through the words of Abraham, God said he, he, brought, he brought the two families together, Abraham and Lot. Lot had a big old huge family. Abraham had a big old family. And their workers started to fight between each other. No, our, our sheep were here first. We get to, No, no, I, we're from Abraham. He's the older. We get to... And they began to fight. So the Lord led Abraham to, to say, you know what, Lot? I'll tell you what. Here's the high land. Here's the low land. You pick which one you want. You go there. Lot. Well, this is way better than that down there. I'll go up here. I'll go up here to the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember that story? So you know the end of that. And then Lot, Lot at another time, Lot was told by the angel of God, you need to get out right now. We're going to destroy it. Sodom and Gomorrah. God's going to send down fire and brimstone and burn the whole place up. You and your daughters need, and your wife need to get out of here right now. And he's like, no hurries. <sighs> I think I'll play golf first, then I'll go. He was all relaxed, just didn't, didn't pay any attention, and God's angels had to actually come and get him and take him out. Take him away. Take him away. Then he got drunk one time, and you all know that story, don't you? I can understand why John the Baptist might be called just. I can understand why this man Simeon might be called just. But Lot, the, neighbor, the, the nephew of Abraham, it says in 2 Peter 2.7, and delivered just Lot. God called Lot just. And he was vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked. Now the word just is not only talking about one's character. The word means this. In the, in the King James Dictionary, or no, I'm sorry, Strong's Dictionary, uh, King James Concordance is what I got. In the Strong's Dictionary, the word means this. It says equitable, in character or act, or by implication, innocent, holy. Absolutely and relatively just. Meet, meaning fit. And then the last thing it says, righteous. God is calling these men righteous. Now, now we looked, you may recall that we looked at a message not too long ago about the parents. Uh, Zacharias and his wife who had uh, the parents of John the Baptist. Remember back in, uh, what was it, back in Luke chapter 1, it says they were righteous before God. 
over in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 5, verse 6. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of God blameless. As we saw then, let me remind you of this. There are none righteous, no, not one. As it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, there is none righteous, no, not one. Man's only righteousness, his only justification, is if Christ be in him. Last night we heard a message from Brother Gabe Stoniker. It was titled, God Loves You. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be a you? <laughs> How can God love this you? This poor, wretched, sinful you. He says about us, there are none righteous, no, not one. Verse 11 of Romans chapter 3 says this, There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Well, that kind of goes in the face of those who say, Well, I went looking for God because I just got tired of doing all the things that I did in my life. I was, I was on the wrong path of sin. I was drinking. I was cheating. I was lying. And I, and I just I had to do something different. It was driving me into, into hell. I had to do something different. So I went looking for God. God's Word says there are none that seeketh after God. When God opens the eyes of one of His people, we look back and we know we weren't looking for Him, don't we? Some of us, it's more obvious than others. For myself, I knew I wasn't looking for God. This man James who sits right here in front of me, he wasn't looking for God. He was looking to meet somebody here, wasn't he? Somebody else who we just reaching out trying to be nice to. God spoke to his heart that day he came. There are none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. I ask you this morning, does this describe you before God called you out of darkness? They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed. Blood, destruction, and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Does that describe you? I'm not talking about just one. I'm talking about all of it. Do you fit that? Yes. Has God shown you the total of your depravity before Him? Have you come to see by God's revelation you have nothing to offer Him? Not even your so-called free will? Oh, I pray He did. I pray He has. And though our Lord describes each and every man who's, and woman and child who's ever walked this earth outside of Christ Jesus Himself, though He declares them this, He says there are some that are just. Some are declared to be just by the Almighty Creator. Acts chapter 13, verse 39, And by Him all that believe are justified. Do you believe? Amen. Do you believe the truth of God? Do you believe everything there is about God's Word? I don't understand it. I'm not asking you if, I, if you understand it. 
I'm asking you, do you believe? And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. The law of Moses does one thing, folks. God brought that law to show one thing. You can't keep it. None of it. Not even a drop of it. So that he could show you the one who did. His son, our Savior. He's the one who covered, he's the one who kept that law perfectly for us. We're justified in him. If he went to that cross and paid the debt for our sins, then there is not one sin that we could ever commit that God will look at again. It's all paid for. Every bit of it. In Romans 3, verse 24, we read these words, being justified. You know what that word, you take that word justified and you kind of break it apart a little bit, just, as if I'd never sinned. That's justified. We're justified in our in our Savior's sight. In the Lord's sight, we are justified in our Savior, Christ Jesus. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. To be justified by God, to, to be just before God is to be made just. It is to be justified by His Son's substitutionary death, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the only place in the Bible where Simeon's name is used. We don't know much about him other than what God has given us right here in this, these few verses. But I can tell you that this man is set before you and I in the words of our Savior, and it identifies his character, the character of God's people, his character as one who has been saved by the free and sovereign grace Christ Jesus our Lord. He was a just man, upright and honest in his dealings with all men. He was devout. You know what that means? It means devoted. He came to the temple where God is worshipped. I mentioned earlier, I'm thankful, I'm so thankful for us to have this convenience for some of called Zoom. A necessity for others. I'm thankful God has given us that. But it's not the same as coming here, being with God's people. It says where two or three or more are gathered in His name. That's where He will be in the midst of them. This is where God's people come to get away from the world. To, when, when we're troubled with the sin that is in the world around us, and the sin that is in our own flesh, where do we come? But to the only place you can, to the Savior, Christ Jesus, where He's preached. He was devout. He was devoted to the worship and to the service. And most importantly, He was devoted to the will of God. Lord, what would you have me do this day? What is your will for me? What is your will for me as I go out into the world tomorrow? As I may go and travel here or travel there? What is your will for me as I go to work on Monday morning and, and lay a nail to a wall? What is your will for me as I get on the phone with customers from whatever business I'm in and deal with that customer? What is your will? This man was devoted to finding and seeking the will of God. And even more importantly than that, he was devoted 
Now think about this. Think about this. He was devoted to glorifying his Savior and everything he could do. We don't do that very well, do we? But that's our heart's desire, isn't it? Lord, not my will, but thine. Lord, help me to glorify you in everything that I say and do this day. Don't let me, don't leave me to myself to stumble in the world around me. Don't leave me to stumble and leave an impression with these dear folks over here who don't know you that I don't trust you. Lord, don't leave me to myself. This man, Simeon, was waiting for Christ and the consolation of Israel, as it says. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. That does not mean that I am filled with something that's full of joy and all I can do is stand around and go, Praise Lord! Let me get down on the floor and do this. You know how all the charismatic people do? They think, they think that because they have some kind of euphoric feeling in themselves that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit's position in the world is it's to reveal Christ to sinners. It's to reveal the fact that you are a sinner and need Jesus Christ the righteous. He never speaks of himself. He speaks of the Son of God as the Holy One, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was upon this man. This man knew what he was before God. And he knew the only salvation he could have is in the, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And he was looking for that Son of God. The angel of God had come to him and said, there's going to be someone coming someday. You won't die until you see the Son of God. Did you know the Lord says that to each and every one of us? Come on. You guys know the quote. I'm going to quote it. You know i got to quote it because I quoted it every message. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. <laughs> we can't go through that door marked death. This is my only hope for my children. I brought this out in Bible study. I pray the Lord will take my children and crush them with the world. That seems mean. That's not what we do. No, we pray for our children to be great in everything that they do, don't we? We want them to be successful in everything in the world. But that's no good if they go to hell, is it? Crush them. Like you did me. Break our hearts. Give us a contrite heart that they would come to you. My grandchildren. Oh, that guy's crazy. He thinks he wants his grandchildren to be crushed. If it brings them to God, absolutely. This man had the Holy Ghost upon him. All believers are people who live in and walk in the spirit of belief. Romans 8, 5, For they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the meat, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Here's a revealed fact that we see in these words. It says, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he believed God. So where did he go? He went to the temple where you find Christ and continued to go to the temple. Kevin and I use a, a phrase, my pastor 
introduced me to. He says, keep on keeping on. Just keep on keeping on. Keep on preaching Christ. Keep on seeking Christ. Keep on looking for Him. Without question, this is reference to the fact that the Lord God had specifically and supernaturally revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he, could, until he had seen Christ with his own eyes. Here's another revealed fact. Not one of God's elect shall die until they have seen Christ with the eye of faith. 2 Peter verses three, chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As some men might count slackness, but he is long-suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. I was talking with a young lady this morning who had quoted another scripture that the world loves to use. See here, God loved everybody. He, should, he, he, he desired that none should be lost. The God of this book, the God of all creation, cannot and will not lose any of his own. Period. If he could lose anything, he wouldn't be God, and we'd be wasting our time. What this is saying to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Our Lord has inspired the writer to speak of all of those that were given to God the Son by God the Father before the world began. He's talking about all of those that belong to him throughout time. The world of time. From the beginning of time till the end of time, all men who walk this earth, those who were given to Christ, shall come to Him. Next we see a blessed guide for us to wait upon. It says in Luke 27 there, it says, And He came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for Him after the custom of the law. Now when we come to the house of God, by the Spirit of God, we are sure to meet the Son of God where God's people are. That's all there is to it. People come into this church no matter when. Just once, what are they going to do? They're going to meet about Christ. They're going to meet who Christ is. They're going to find out who He is. They're going to find out that He's sovereign ruler, creator of all things. They're going to find out what He did. He walked perfectly, establishing a righteousness for His people. He went to the cross and laid down his life and shed his blood for his people. That's what people are going to find out, who God brings through that door. Doesn't matter who. And we know that some have gotten up and walked out, don't we? Some have left and never come back. I'm thankful there are some who keep coming. We come into the house of God by the Spirit of God. We are sure to meet the Son of God there. That's where he declares his presence to be. I quoted this a moment ago, Matthew 18, 20, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And then we see our glorious salvation presented to us in the words of this man, Simeon. Here is the glorious salvation. He says, Then took he him up in his arms. Oh, I've been coming here all this time, and the Lord's finally delivered what he promised I would see. This is the child. This is the one. This is the one. This is in verse 28 through 33 of your text. He took him up in his arms, in other words, in personal faith, and blessed, or in other words, praised God, and said in confident hope, Lord, 
Now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. My title today is this, Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. You who God have, has enlightened know what I'm saying. You who do not, who have not heard the word of God with the heart, a new heart. I ask you this morning, have you seen God's salvation? Or are you looking at your salvation? What do you mean by that, John? I mean, is your salvation based on anything other than being in Christ, in Christ alone? If you have, if you're seeking your salvation in anything you have done, then Christ is not revealing his salvation to you. Simeon was holding the God-man in his hands. He lifted him up. He lifted him up into his arms. Praise the Lord, I see. Because I know the world can't. And I know if it wasn't for your grace, I would not see him at all. Two things we see right off the bat. He took him up in his arms. When God reveals himself to one for whom he laid down his life for, when God calls one of his elect, we don't wait. When God called his disciples, they came immediately. When God spoke to the heart of John Reeves, he went home and he said, I'm going back again next week. And I'm going back again and I'm going back again. When I was asked, why are you going? I don't know, but I'm going. We don't wait. When God called the disciples, they immediately got up and walked following him. When the word of power is exercised upon an old dead heart, a heart that was born spiritually dead, the Word accomplishes its purpose. What is the Word of God? What is the purpose of it? To call His elect out of darkness. To shine the light of Christ in the heart of His loved ones. It accomplishes its purpose. For He is sovereign and nothing can turn His hand. When we first heard with our new heart His sovereign Word, we too began to lift Him up. In John 3.14, we read these words, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Secondly, we held, he held him up in his arms, as in he embraced him in love. When one who has had their true standing before God revealed, when we have seen by God's revelation that we have nothing to offer Him, that we only deserve His wrath, and we see the fact that Christ gave Himself for us, how could you not love one who first loved you? I'm telling you, you can't. When you see the love of God shed in your heart by the blood of His Son, you will love Him. Because he first loved you. <clears throat> when one has seen the love of God in sending his only begotten son to be our substitute, to pay our price for our sin, we will embrace him in love. 
When the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, the hearts of His people, we cannot help but love the one who first loved us and shed His own blood that we might have eternal life through Him. But all, not all will have these truths revealed. Many will go through that door marked death, denying the power of God. Look at verses 34 through 35 of our text. Here is a Savior and a gospel despised by all men in every age except for those that he has revealed himself to. It says, And Simeon blessed them, his parents, and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child, the one he is holding up, the one he is exercising his love to, is set for the fall. Imagine what was going through her heart at that. What? What do you mean? What are you saying about my son? He's going to go through the fall? He's set purpose of Christ coming to this world was to die for his people. To die for you and I. He was set for the fall and the rising. <laughs> There's the hope of glory, folks. Death couldn't hold our Lord. He's got the keys to everything. God accepted his son's sacrifice in our place and raised him from the dead to see the love of God for you and the rising again of many in Israel. Not all, not the whole world, but many. And for a sign which shall be spoken against, speaking again of those who would turn against Christ, those who had come into the world and they, and they received him not, for a sign which shall be spoken against, yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. In the worst places, in the darkest of times, our God still has his 7,000. We think that, oh, there's only a couple people that show up here on Sunday morning, and the group is getting smaller. Some have moved away. We have a long list back there in the hallway of those who have gone on to be with the Lord. The most recent, our dear brother Bill. God, I miss him. Yet our Lord still has 10, 12 people here. 15 people with those who are online who can be nowhere else today because God wanted them here. That's why you're here. That's why all of us are here. Because the Lord brought us here. He has his 7,000 who shall not bow the knee to Baal. Most in every age, wear the mark of the beast. But God's elect will not and cannot because our names are written in the Lamb Book of Life by the pen of our immutable Savior. By His grace, He wrote it there before the world began. You can read about that in the 13th chapter of Revelation at your own time if you'd like. The church of God may be small in the midst of Babylon, but the gates of hell shall not prevail against it God's little flock may be driven into the wilderness. You talk about the wilderness, we're up here in the woods, folks. <laughs> we are. Polly Mary a little more than others. She lives up in the woods. You need to get a four-wheel drive to get into your place nowadays. We may be driven into the wilderness, but, but the good shepherd still carries his lambs in his arms and he feeds us with his grace. The woman 
is persecuted by the dragon of hell, it says in Revelation 12, but God providentially causes all the world to help her. Folks, our God will never leave himself without a witness. He always has a lot in the city of Sodom. He always has an Obadiah in Ahab's household. He always has a Daniel in the city of Babylon. He always has a Jeremiah in Zedekiah's court. And he's always got a Simeon, an elect remnant in apostate age is what that is. If you're a child of the Most High, you cannot be lost. To say that you can is to deny the power of God. Listen to these words of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I hope this brings a blessing to you, and I'll bring this to a close in a moment. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We also see in this man Simeon had a clear knowledge of the person and the work of Christ Jesus our Lord. It said in John 6.45, it is written in the prophets they say she, that they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. In Romans 10.17 it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith in Christ is not a leap in the darkness. It is a confidence that is based upon the revelation of God from His Word to your heart. It's the result of being taught of God. It is, the, it is obvious that Simeon, Simeon knew that God had an elect people in every race, Jew and Gentile, who are the true of Israel, he understood that all men and women by nature were engulfed in great spiritual darkness, but he also knew that the Lord Jesus Christ, the very baby that he held in his arms, is the light of the world and the glory of God. That's what he said in his word. That's what he said in our life and what we just read a moment ago. In Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24, it says these words, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let thy mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 29-31, it says this, that no flesh should glory in His presence, but of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification. Let Him glory, He that glorieth, let Him glory in the Lord. Folks, salvation is not a system of doctrine. There are those who want to say, oh, I'm a Calvinist. I believe in the five points of Calvinist, I'm saved. It's not a system of doctrines, of teachings. It's not a religious creed. We meet on Saturday. That's not salvation. It's not a reformation of your life. I don't cheat anymore. I don't lie anymore. I don't drink anymore. I don't beat up people anymore. I don't cuss. You can put whatever you want there. I don't do whatever you want. It's not that. 
That's not salvation. Salvation is a person. Simeon held up the baby child of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he said, My eyes have seen thy salvation. This is God's salvation, Christ Jesus, our Savior. He knew that the Lord Christ himself was God's salvation. He knew that salvation is a person, and that person is our Savior, Christ Jesus. It says, Then he took him up in his arms. And he blessed God and he said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen the salvation, thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of Let me close with once again pointing out his grace in saving a people unto himself. We are told in Luke 24 through 35 that many will fall by him and many will be resurrected by him. To some he is a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. This is the grace of God. You're not. It's not a stumbling stone to you. You understand it. What did I just read in, the, in, in, in Jeremiah just a moment ago? Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich and the glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Whew! He's a stumbling stone, a rock of an offense. Isaiah 8, 14-15, And he shall be a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling, and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, for a gin and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall fall and be broken and be snared. What is the grace of God? That's not us. We understand who he is. Because of his grace, because of his spirit, we know who he is. And I love everything I read about it. Amen. Election is not a stumbling block to me. No righteousness in me, that's not a stumbling block to me. Righteousness only in my Savior, that's not a stumbling block to me. His will over mine, that is not a stumbling block to me. I love it. Some, he is a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, but to others, he is the sure foundation of upon which we are built. Unto you, therefore, which believe, He is precious. Is the Lord Jesus Christ precious to you? Yes. If you knew God was coming here to this building, wouldn't you try to come to the building and be with Him? Amen. Amen.